everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Today we're discussing training minimalism for maximum strength and size gains. We're going to get into the history of training minimalism, how it changed powerlifting and bodybuilding, and give some examples of, of world champions that use these techniques and tactics, along with some of their, their training programs they used. So, good morning, guys. Good morning. Hello. Marty, what's going on over there? How are you doing? <clears throat> well, uh, I believe it's serendipitous that you had selected the topic of minimalism against my suggestions, what, uh, 10 days ago. And last Saturday, I got asked to come down and talk to a group of high-level chiropractors and physical therapists on, boom, progressive resistance minimalism, <laughs> right? And it just dropped into my lap. So uh, this is uh, uh, one of the top guys in the country, actually one of the top guys in the world, is Craig Liebenson. And Craig was in D.C. putting on a seminar. And these are serious deals. These people, it's a three-day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They work hard each day. And Craig is based in L.A. after he was uh, finished in D.C. He was headed for Seoul, Korea, you know, then off to Europe. I mean, he is at the top of his game. He's a great communicator, um, very interactive with the seminarians, you know, which I really appreciated. He now, from my perspective, and again, I'm like, you know, what am I? I'm a Visigoth with my nose pressed against the window, right? But I'm looking in and seeing him in action, his genius is apparently he has an inexhaustible selection of remedial exercises. So if you name a malady or a weakness, he can prescribe uh, an exercise of movement, something to cure that, right? You, you guys tracking? Yep. yep. So, uh, and I'm looking at this and it's like for, it's like demo of an exercise. De uh, oh, if this, if this occurs, here is, um, here's a remedial exercise. Here's another one. Here's a third variant. And that's what they did for, oh, I don't know, eight hours a day for three straight days. It was inexhaustible, uh, proliferation of remedial exercises. And for some reason, it put me in mind of Bill Pearl. Uh, Jim, did you ever get a copy of Bill Pearl's? Keys, keys to the Universe. Ah, I didn't even have, I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Keys to the Every Universe. exercise ever invented. Uh, I pulled it out today. 776 pages. Yes. All right. Averaging five to six uh, exercises per every two-page spread. In other words, you turn a page, you've got five to six exercises. Uh, comes to slightly over 2,000 distinct and different progressive resistance exercises. Right? Yeah. This is the opposite of minimalism. This is what I term maximalism. Right? Yeah. 
that's what Bill and Bill comes from the old school high volume, moderate intensity. Bill was strong as hell for for the day, but I mean he I mean he was, he was, fam- he was famous for training uh, two hours a day, six days a week, starting at you know four four thirty. It wasn't like it's twenty to twenty five sets of body part on everything, I believe. Uh, oh, uh, again, classical old school bodybuilding. Um, thinking what four exercises per uh, four body parts per session. That's right. Well, I mean, maybe two major, two minor, like yeah, you know, yeah. chest and shoulders, calves and abs. Okay. Right. Yeah. And you're going to do old school. You're going to do four exercises per body part. Yeah. Right. So what's that? Four, eight, twelve. So sixteen sets. Uh, yeah. And, and again, you're working through high volume, moderate intensity. This I thought equated quite well to what Craig's approach was. Okay. Right. A lot of a lot of exercises. Right. Uh, a lot of volume in terms of techniques, all kinds of techniques and all kinds of subtleties within these techniques. But it was so many. It was like, all right, we're going to memorize keys to the inner universe. Yeah. Right. And each each exercise deserves highly specified techniques. So you said something a while back about if, if if this thing happens. So you're talking about a cause and effect uh, maybe somebody's got an injury and you if they have a hamstring injury or they want to build their hamstrings or or, or something they're, they're to do these he's got uh, certain exercises that he does he's a healer he's a healer he, so yeah he's a healer you people go to come see to him, him when, because they're messed up they don't come to him because they're in fantastic shape okay so you got back right. problems and things like that. Yeah. You go to him and perform yes. his prescription and, and, of exercises. And, and a big part of what he prescribes is let's get those surrounding muscles stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. Now is he is he doing exercises like the uh, the core four? He's doing you, like you name it. You, they everything. do it. I mean, oh my god. I mean, you. I mean, they have. Incredible, and they're using balls and bands and free, you know, and, and it's just it's amazing the variety. But what attracts them to me is that uh, way back when Craig first, uh, I wrote something somewhere where um, I used a phrase where I paraphrased. A famous saying by Nathan Bedford Forrest, Jimmy, as I'm sure you will remember. Uh-huh. And Bedford Forrest uh, was a um, he was a, a an idiot savant of military warfare. He influenced many of the Europeans. He influenced the 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 Blitzkrieg, the Panzers, with his cavalry tactics. And his they had a Prussian general interviewed. Bedford Forrest one time, he was essentially illiterate, and he said, what's your success for tactics and strategy? And he said, uh, get there firstest with the mostest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, right? That's right. Succinct, zen, I mean, right? Simple, he broke it down. So when I, I took uh, Bedford Forrest's phrase, and I said, in our world, it's get the mostest for the leastest. Well, Craig, first off, Craig knew who Bedford Forrest was, 
And secondly, when he saw that, he lost his mind. He said, that's great. That's, 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 yeah. And I said, well, take a closer look at what we do. And he did because he's a seeker. He's a, he wants to uh, amplify his, his knowledge base. So he, and, and I said, look, were you guys, I mean, you're like Bill Pearl. Your workout is, uh, you know, uh, 11 different exercises, four to five sets per exercise. And we're like two, right? Two exercises. And, uh, you know, our Bill's book was 770 some odd pages. Uh, Craig Lehmanson's book, uh, which I have right here, Rehabilitation of the Spine, 997 pages. Yeah. Okay. So I said, well, what if we were to write a book, right? Jim and I, we're going to write a book, right? We're going to go to the, to the special bar in Maryland, <laughs> right? Bucks, rising <laughs> Where are we going? I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking Fell's Point. Where would you pick? Yeah, I would definitely say Bucks and Rising Sun. Maryland, man, come on. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. So we could have write our book. And, you know, well, again, Bill's book was 776 pages. We'll go back. We'll go 997. Back. You know what our book would be, Jim? 100 pages. Four. We would have one book. It would be four pages long. Yeah. We'd, read, we'd, we'd read it over and over. Right. We have four exercise that we do all the time. That's and that's us, right. That's ultra minimalism. And you know what? It is so true. I have uh, I have uh, a crew of guys that I train on Sunday. They do three exercises a week and they don't do anything else the rest of the week. So like yeah. strength church. What did Jesus say? Love and then do as you wish or do as you want. We're like. Uh, powertrain, then get on with your life. Minimal effective dose. What could be more? What could be more ultra minimalistic than training one time a week in three lifts? Boom. That's it. Go do other stuff. Can we talk about the history? And this is like I was telling you before. This is one of my favorite things to talk to you about is training minimalism, and I think. This is one of the biggest things that, that you're known for, and people are really interested in it because there's a lot of confusing theories out there. You know, is it, a, you know, does minimalism create better results for strength and muscle gains, or is it still volume? But you were, you were involved in kind of the evolution of training minimalism back in the day. I mean, because you've been, you've been lifting since, what, 62 uh, yeah, I would have been 12 years old in 62. That had a year under my belt. Okay. So back then, and you've talked about this before, that what you guys yeah. believe, the general consensus back in those days, was you had to train the muscle, what was it, a minimum of uh, every 72 hours, otherwise 36 it would atrophy. Hours. 36, three times a week. Everybody would do everybody, everybody everything Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right, Marty? Yep. Their whole body three days yep. a week. Well, or if you were a real high-level trainer, you'd have a split routine, and you'd do uh, half the body Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Then you do the other half of the body Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So you uh, get to train six days a week. Oh, my God. 
Can you imagine hitting yeah. the same muscle? Th- you're squatting, bench pressing, deadlift pre- uh, three times a week. Yeah, remind me. Uh, let me just put this out there. We can talk about it later. But if you notice the the super high volume trainers like Arnold versus the Menser and Yates look, do you notice how they look differently? Well, no that shit. dense, that dense yeah. granite like shit. No that, shit. Uh, and the Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, it's just a different stuff. quality uh, of muscle, balloon like stuff that aren't that. Not taking away anything. I'm just no, 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 no. But but you're you're you've hit on a perfect point. Schwarzenegger was the most prescient and the most uh, insightful on this. He said, hey, he said, you know, guys like Franco and you could say Menser and Dorian, he said, they look so incredible when they're just walking around. Just standing like, there, yeah. They're just standing there. He said, they look incredible. He said, when they flex up, he said, they, they look a little better. He said, guys like me, he said, we walk around and everybody says, yeah, that's good. He said, but when we flex up, he said, we explode. Yeah, I like the other one better, though. I like. Well, the other no, one. I, I know, but you're right. Your your point was well taken. Like the power lifter look, yeah. like like Kirk. I mean, he looks like a massive granite when he walks around. Yeah, yeah, that's how I'd rather look. But wasn't than, uh, the wasn't the one of the reasons for that because when you were you know training heavy, it creates a tight fascia that goes around the muscle, whereas no, I, don't, I don't know if they know the exact you know or or. We know we know that anecdotally and what we see that that's the case. But I don't identify, you know, why why you know all out heavy training makes you look different. You know what I mean? May I may I offer my observation? Yeah, Yeah, go. It's like this, dude. If you have a four hundred pound bench press, yeah, six hundred pound squat, and a six fifty pound deadlift, you're rocked out. Yeah, no question. I just want to. Well, you know, I'm just saying it. It that that everybody like overlooks that, and it's like if you get really super strong, yeah. you get muscled up. It's denseness, isn't it? It's a. But you've got to be strong. You can't. You don't get massively no, no, no. muscled that's, with a 225 right. bench press. So the medium weights, you know, like they were using because they had to because they're doing six sets of twelve on everything. Oh well, we got to save it, and you got to get over the finish line. Right. You got ninety minutes of training in front of you. You're not going to knock the shit out of yourself when you're your top set of squats in the first exercise out of eight that you've got to do. You so keep something in this. the bank all the way through. It, do you think personally, Marty, that if Arnold trained like Menser or Yates, he still would have reached you know as good as he was? Would he been? I as think good Schwarzenegger was incredible. I think he was like the epitome of volume trainer. I yep. think the what only thing. Been- the only thing he didn't have, he just needed thirty pounds more body weight. If, yeah. If he had, if he had the nutrition and the drugs that the modern guys had, and if he had competed at two seventy instead of whatever two thirty, uh, I think he would have crushed. I think his symmetry was great. Yeah, but my question is, if he trained high intensity, like one set, would he have looked the same or better? Uh, it's a, oh, God, I don't, I, you know, it would have looked different. Some of it's personality, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. I, you, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there's personality. Yes, it is. Yes. You Jim, got... I, Jim, I consider you a high volume trainer. Yeah. Yeah, Jim, what are you talking You know why? You know why? What? Because for 20 or 30 years, you were in the goddamn gym every day. 
Yeah, yeah, but I yeah, but I was powerlifting for 10, well, 10 of those. I know, but I'm just saying if you have to if your job is in the gym, what's more natural than to do stuff? Right? <laughs> yeah. Whereas well, me, whereas I, me the... I, I have I have so many other things to do. I I want to do see. my training so short and so concise that I can then go on with the rest of my stuff. What's funny is though but I say I train so fast. It really, I never spend more time than 30 minutes. And I alternate the 5 set to 12 with the Yates stuff. Oh, I understand. I understand. But yeah. I mean, you, but when I'm not talking about today when you're. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day when you were at the University of Penn gym every damn day. Well, hey, I'm just passing the whatever <laughs> machine curl. I mean, let's sit down and pump them up, right? Well, Marty, you told us every time we pass a weight, we need to pick it up and do a few hey, reps. Penance, JP. You should, JP. JP, you should never handle anything less than 80s with your physique. And what exercise? Anything. Cool. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> He's a walking balance. Yes. Front raises. Yeah, whatever. Like Chuck Ahrens. How's this? Yeah. Well, I told you we were setting up a uh, dumbbell rack right by the fridge, right? Jim. Excellent. That's correct. Uh, so that means we'll we'll be lifting at least a minimum of seven mm-hmm. times a day. So I guess we're uh, volume trainers too, right, Jim? I guess so. Don't you're a volume trainer, aren't you, JP? What's that? I said you're a volume trainer, aren't you? No, I'm actually not. And I, I want to talk about all that in, in a little bit because I want to talk about how it, it also ties into bodybuilding and, and – and you know how Yates did it, and which I'm a big believer in, and I, I know Jim is, and that just happens to be my style. You know, you 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 um, you find out what works for you, and I've got a bunch of different reasons why the the Yates slash Mentor style works best for me. But um, to to come back just a little bit on the history of how all this evolved, because it's very interesting. So. We've established every 36 hours they okay. felt that they had to train. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they yeah, were going to Yeah, I'm tracking. Can I, all right. So it started uh, up until I'd say the mid-1960s. Mm-hmm. It was uh, conventional accepted wisdom that if you did not train a muscle every 36 hours, that muscle would regress. Right? Yeah. Powerful. Powerful flat statement. So, which if you believed, uh, you had to do whole body workouts every other day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, the guys tried to cut the time down by splitting it up. Oh, hell, now we got to be in the gym six days a week. That was standard operating procedure for, you know, the Marvin Eaters and the Reg Parks and the Bill Pearls and the Hugh Cassidy's. Now, when powerlifting was formalized in 1965, I believe. Uh, the lifters discovered they couldn't do three times a week. It was too much considering the poundages that they were handling. I mean, if if you're uh, deadlifting, whatever, 600 for reps, you can't do that three times a week. No, you can't recuperate. So Cassidy and uh, Cassidy, uh, Cuck, uh, who else of his era, uh, John Cole, out of Arizona, uh, they cut from three times a week to two times a week. 
right? That was like, oh my God, sacrilegious. Now, now was that when you were training with Hugh Cassidy? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when I cut my teeth. I cut my teeth from twice a week. Every session, start with squat. You go through your, you work up to your top set of your squats. If you're wearing gear, you wear your gear. You do two sets of back offs. If you work up to a triple, wearing your belt and wraps then you took your belt and wraps off and did two sets of five after that then you went to bench press up to your top set then do a set of wides two sets of wides two sets of narrows then on to deadlift and you go up to your top set three to five whatever the top set was then you back off to two sets of stiff leg deadlifts then we go to our assistance work, which we start with arm. No, we start with shoulders. Usually, we had to do seated presses because Cassidy's basement was only six foot tall. It's like in a cave <laughs> with blue lights. And, I'm not talking about all the crazy equipment. I know, uh, but I mean, we got so strong. And the the he didn't have hundred pound plates bought from the store. He had had them <laughs> ragged. They were torch cut. well, they were torch torch cut. torch. torch <laughs> out of iron and on the side of one it said 99 and a half on this side of the other it said 101.5 yes in chalk yeah so yeah that was cast but but again these were crushing workouts we had to you had to survive and each week he was like no matter what he were going up that hill he was like i mean he was like behind a lieutenant at Iwo Jima. Right. He said, we're going up the hill. We can, let's go. And you would, if you had to gain weight, you gained weight. And if you couldn't hang, see you later. So, so right off the bat, coming from three times a week to twice a week, yes. what did you experience? Oh, it was like being let out of prison. Well, yeah, you had more freedom in your, in your oh, personal life. But oh, I mean, yeah, you got stronger. Because we, co- we recovered better. Yeah. Then, then the next big change was when the first wave of new wave, Pacifico trained two, three times a week. He was a high volume guy. Um, I highly recommend if anybody can get a copy of Champion of Champions by Larry Pacifico, get that book and read it. Nothing but his workouts, but it's, if you know how to read numbers, it's gold. Uh, so, but then the next huge change was when guys like, Cone and Furnace and Dimaduck and that wave of powerlifters, they cut from twice a week to once a week. And that was in the early 80s. That was huge. Oh, you can get stronger training a squat, bench, dead, overhead press once a week? And the answer is, yeah, if you're strong enough, you need that seven days to recover. And a lot of those same muscles in the squat and dead are worked simultaneously, hips, Upper thighs, abs, lower back, all worked in squats and deads. You got to do that in the same training week. Same thing if you're doing bench pressing, any kind of overhead press. You're working a lot of the same muscles, right? Once a week, but you got to be strong. You got to be powerful. And you have to eat up. You can't do starvation dieting and survive that kind of training. Now, Marty, I would imagine when those guys, now these were top guys, Cone and the other guys you just mentioned. When they switched to once a week, I mean, they started getting results. Well, that's the proofs in the pudding right there. I mean, you know, how can you doubt that or, or um, you know, say that that doesn't work? But it, so it had to be a transition, you know, uh, because a lot of people probably looked at, at, at 
it uh, once a week and said, man, that there's no way in hell that's going to work. So it probably took a long yeah. time for people to transition over to not that. Not really, right? not, not really, not really, because you had at the same time in bodybuilder, you had the whole <clears throat> Nautilus thing going and yeah. Arthur Jones was a complete weirdo and, you know, Mike Mincer had his issues and Ray did too. And we knew those guys because they were in our neighborhood. Mike was stationed at Andrews Air Force Base. They trained at Spartan. You know, we you know we ran in the same circles. But their thing was one all-out set and then a lot of rest. Well, here's the thing. If you're doing one all-out set of squats, let's say, with 455, you just don't walk in off the street, load up 455, and do a set of eight. Right. Well... If you're taking warm-up sets to get the 455, what the hell is the difference between Nautilus and powerlifting? Mm-hmm. Right, it's the same. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Did did but that was the thing? Jones's thing was had this cute little thing. It was one set to failure with four reps and negatives, right? Yeah. And if you do that, it exhausts the muscle to a point where it needs three to five to seven days to recover. Great, but. If you're really strong, and if you're even if you're benching 300, you're not walking in and loading up 300. You got to go 135, 225, 270. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, then how is that different? What's the difference? You're telling us it's one set to failure. It's not one set to failure. It's one set to failure after a bunch of warm-ups. Right. It's one working set to failure. Well, that's what we do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So Dorian, when Dorian came online, that's you look at his workout, uh, the greatest bodybuilding video ever made, Blood and Guts, right? Film noir, black and white, no words, <clears throat> ACDC plan, that's it, right? And it's just like you just show everything you need to know about hardcore bodybuilding, you learn from <laughs> looking at that video. Mm. We don't need any words. That's Dude, I've watched it a million times. Well, right. And you're smarter for it. So, uh, again, but what was Dorian doing? He was, now he might have been doing, you know, inclines, but he's working up to four sets of six before Leroy steps in and gives him two forced, right? So it's like powerlifting with four straps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't just walk in and load up the 435. He did the 135. Uh, and so, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he had well, more. What's the six? difference? Right, right. Right. So Dorian was basically doing powerlifting with four straps. Cool. I like that. Basic exercises. Well, and and two per session. More, th- you know, I don't know. Maybe what he'd do two body parts. Yeah, he'd do like chest and biceps. And he would always do like a a compound and then an isolation. Right. right. Yeah. But so not- like, what's Sometimes. what's an example of what he used to do for for chess so he would go and do his warm-ups start off one, with incline incline incline, incline, then, incline first yeah 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 incline. when you're strongest you start off with that and yep. he'd do you know a heavy working set and i think with that he he actually tried to go up in weight like had little weight goals in that uh, but, but he always did the force reps and he'd do like um, a flat fly yeah and he was an expert flyer yeah and i don't what was it? I don't remember another one on that video for they always yeah, that, 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 that would be it. He, he might crossovers, I think. Like yeah, two, yeah, two that two would sets. put like like one pump set. I mean, yeah. he would. Oh yeah, he, he wasn't would. warming up for that. He'd grab the nah. 
and just go. Rep yeah. out. You know, he might get 23 or whatever, right? Yeah. And his leg workout would be leg press with like 1,300. Hack squat. Then uh, the hack, right, when that crude machine, and then leg extension. And he did already, you know, the Romanian deadlift thing. You know, well, that was, for the, that was for the hams. And, and, low back. and then uh, calves were incredible. Standing calf. One right. set. One set. I don't, yeah. I don't remember seeing him do uh, barbell squats. He was more of a leg. No, no, no. He hurt, he hurt himself. He, he tried he, it, and, and he is so correct about this. And now people are finally coming around. You know, if you're going to do that kind of intensity, some people aren't meant to, to do the exact barbell squat, you know. And he he found out that Smith machine was a little better, and then he found out hacks and leg press were even better for the way he was built, you know. Um, well, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, on the one hand, on the other hand, he was typical. He was a strong guy who got taught to squat wrong. I only any event any eventually got hurt. Yeah, but he worked around it. Now. You take a smart guy like Tom Platts, who learned to squat right and didn't get hurt, and you get legs like that. Dorian's legs at his peak, to me, were second only to Platts. I yes. saw Dorian at his yes. peak at the Olympics. Wait, you saw him live, I think it was his sec uh, second or third win. I think it might have been his second win. Right. And his legs were incredible. Uh, calves, incredible. Everything. Thighs, everything. Second only, only to Platt. Were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was covering the muscle. First row. I'm sitting in the first row, baby. Whoa. So they say in in pictures, it, pictures don't do him justice for his that graininess stuff that you saw. Uh, yeah. When he when you walk behind him backstage, it was like Jim Wright would be right walking. Maybe go, Marty, Marty. Look, his lats are hanging like slabs of beef. Dude, I mean that's great. After for like three exercises, <laughs> look at him, Marty. It's like slabs of beef. <laughs> and when he came on stage, was there any question that he was the best? Uh, uh Flex Wheeler was 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 great. He had like a twenty eight inch waist. He he just needed ten more pounds, right? Yeah. He was he was just so beautifully built yes. and so Very graceful. Symmetrical. Dude, let me, if you, you know, I, I, I used to watch those uh, Battle for the Olympia VHS tapes, and they, you know, Yates wouldn't do it. They, they caught Yates one time at uh, Steve Weinberger's gym, but he didn't look at the camera one time. <laughs> but uh, they would film Flex in the morning training with Charles Glass. Yeah. He would, Sorry. Charles Glass changed every weight for him. I know. And he would moan like, uh <sighs> And and then you'd watch Yates, and he'd be like, "Let's go, you know, let's go, mate." Tom yeah, yeah. You know, it was just a totally Marty, different. Yeah. Would, would you? I, I interviewed Flex at that exact time. He told me he said, he said, "My life is terrible." I get up, and he said, "I have to walk on an inclined treadmill for an hour." Yeah. That's what they made Oscar Wilde do when they imprisoned him at <laughs> Reading Jail where they had, it was forced labor. So they'd make convicts walk in a mill endlessly in chains. That was their forced labor. And that said, I said, damn Flex, you're just like Oscar, Oscar Wilde. 
Yeah, but you know, Yates says that he beat. I was actually watching this this morning, but he said, you know, I just think that if Flex had my work ethic, you know, there was he was. Oh, uh, could he, be. Would, he may have beaten me. He said, however, that's not the case. <laughs> you know. Oh, oh, it's, no, that's not no. The and, and Dorian overwhelmed Flex. You made Flex look like a little person next to him. So big. Yeah. And again, and again, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. I thought Dorian looked better relaxed than he did flexed up. Yeah, yeah. He had a good relax. Yeah, and from the back, he was just giant. He was just giant. Just... Okay. What was so that? his width? When he walked on, his width was what everybody was like, "Whoa!" Well, also he was balanced. His arms were actually a little weak for pro right. arms, but but his torso, his back was the best. Right. His legs were the best. Yeah. And his also his condition was as good as the smallest guy on stage. That was the difference of him. I've never he seen that. He was the first giant guy who got super ripped. But I've never seen that type of skin, that graininess again. Oh, Branch Warren right. a little bit, but you don't see that, man. You don't see that. My favorite, my favorite thing was I saw Branch Warren get bounced off a, a horse. I saw that on the Generation Iron. Made me happy. Why is that? Oh, uh, he was being presumptuous right before it happened. Oh, I like it. I like it, man. It gets after it. It's form hey, is awful. Hey, hey, Marty, you were immersed in. Uh, were you writing for Muscle and Fitness when Dorian came Flex. to the scene? Flex. Yeah, and yeah, no, I was writing. For, no, I was with Muscle and Fitness. Flex was so, the little sister. So what was uh, the? Dorothy Wayne. My tenure, my tenure at Muscle and Fitness exactly coins, coincided. With Dorian's reign, when he oh, came on, I came on. When he left, I left. Two crabby dudes. Did, oh, <laughs> exactly. Man. Did you guys Can all they? lose lose your minds when he came to the scene? Yeah, but tell, yeah, tell us tell the story on how not the first year. How everybody was like, he talks to you. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh Damn. well, the first year, he was good. Uh, that was the crazy year. Uh, Han- let me see. Haney had retired. Haney had retired, and the Olympia was held in Finland. Right, ninety three, his first Olympia. So that he won. That he won. Dorian wins. Nobody from nowhere, and Kevin Lavrone, even more nobody than nowhere, takes second. Maryland boy. So it's a damn changing of the guard. Yeah, and there is not that much difference between Kevin and Dorian at that time because they're on stage together and it's like, yeah, different, different physique, but they're both, I don't know, five, nine Dorian, I think is five, 10. He's my height. And they're weighing like what the, you know, the usual two thirty-five, with very low body fat. Then the next year. Oh, and then it was the, it was then the next year that he went, he went gigantic and, Chris Lund, the great European photographer, yeah. got the photos of Dorian in the Temple Street gym in the dark basement where Dorian's like posing in his underwear with the smirk. Yeah. And he's gained 40 pounds of muscle. Yeah, he said he always went too far extreme to be, you know, he thought he had to be lighter. And then that, that year he was like, I'm just going to, you know, go with my instincts more. <laughs> you know? Well, and Chris, uh, yeah, Premier said he saw those photos, you know, that, that Kevin Horton took, and, and uh, I guess Chris Lund distributed them or whatever. And he said that they knew right then he had no shot of winning the Olympia. Wow, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's how far ahead he was, huh? Right. 
and, and again, that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. That's how far ahead he was of the pack. I that's just that's, that's how greatness is determined. I think that the people are attracted to him because of his monastic lifestyle where he, you know, he was in the, you see, you couldn't do that now with all the social media BS, but you know, he was hidden, man, and nobody knew what he was doing. And I remember T Nation came out with an article that he was taking IVs through the night of this secret <laughs> concoction. And no, what he was doing was he was so meticulous and worked out so hard year round. Right. Right. And everything was on point every second. I think he said he had one beer like <laughs> in a year, one time or um, something. Yeah, but he was he was not a dull boy. Um Well, after he got done, but man, he was so well, could, could you imagine you win the Olympia and you can't even have a beer or a, you know, a piece of pie yeah. because you've got a photo shoot, shoot. with four yeah. photographers the next morning, Sunday yeah, morning. very long. You only got that career for so long. You better. <laughs> and uh, you better not blow that because Joe's going to be there and he's got three of the best photographers in the world and they're going to shoot you in three different scenes. You're going to do chest, you're going to do lats and you're going to do whatever, you know, abs. And that's a big deal. And it, it was an important thing, but he never failed. When he met me, he met me, I don't know, when was that? We met at Sunday morning, and I walked in, and he's got his tracksuit on, but he's chewing a bagel, a dry bagel, and you could see, like, on his face looked like a skeleton, right? As he chewed, you could see the muscles. You could see his, the muscles that were working his teeth. He was, yeah. so, he was so lean. And he's like, hey, good morning. You want a bagel? And I said, ah, that's very weird. Okay. <laughs> the time I saw him, did I ever tell you that Lou sent me down to pick him up at a uh, Weeder photo shoot one time? No. You, you, pick, you told us you picked up some other guys. You no. Picked up- well, exactly. So Lewiswick says, all right, I'm going to send you here. down to a, a Weeder photo shoot. Dorian's now, now when, what, what point is he in his career? So this was, uh, this was probably about 92. Okay. Oh, well, that's that's the good years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I get over there, and I'm like 19 years old. And I'm like, oh, my God, I get to go pick up Dorian Yates. And little does he know I'm, I'm coming to pick him up in a car that doesn't have air conditioner and there's a oh. stick and everything else. That guy that, that you got in an accident with, got in a fight it's, with, he's probably still in. Yeah. Yeah, the same one. So it's probably – so anyway, I get down there, and I go in, and the first thing I see is a table – piled like three feet high with donuts and donuts. Joe Weeder standing there you know, <laughs> conducting business, doing whatever he's doing. I see, um, I see Dorian over there and then I hear the phone ring at the office. Now we didn't have cell phones back then. So, um, so it was for me, it was Lou calling. So I get on the phone Lou goes, no, I strike that. We're going to have you pick up Akeem Albrecht instead. Uh-huh. Nice, oh. nice German fellow, which, so I hung out with him, very nice guy, had a great day together. I took him to photo shoot and, and some other stuff that, that Lou was doing that day. But I almost got to hang out with Oh man, what a, Yates. What, a like a, you know, what an anticlimactic, another anticlimactic event in your life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll I tell you about uh, well, wait a minute. Do we want to get back to minimalism? Everybody's going like, "What the uh, hell?" People love the Dorian into minimalism. But, Dorian, Dor- but but the point is, Dorian was minimalistic. Yeah, 
And he had so much in common with the power trainers. What Dorian and Mentor discovered is that if you get stronger, you get bigger. So if you get really strong, you get really big. And that's what Ronnie Coleman had. Now, Ronnie, unfortunately, God bless him. I love the guy. But he had terrible technique. He learned wrong, and it hurt him in the end. And I winced every time I saw him doing his 800-pound squats and his 800-pound deadlifts because they were just wretched. And I'm sorry that he burned himself out. But, you know, I'm going to tell you, uh, my correct techniques, I have nothing wrong with me at uh, four score and whatever. Uh, And it's because I got taught right, taught early right, and I stayed with the the proper techniques and the techniques keep you safe and you can get cock strong. In fact, you should get that way again with correct techniques and full range of motion. You know what? And I've learned so much from you guys as far as technique, because I've seen you demonstrate it on the bench, the the deadlift and, and squat and all that stuff. And I'll tell you, I used to always alternate between different shoulders being sore uh, and there was a time where I didn't bench for about 10 years because the, oh. the flat bench just killed me, right? But I've been, you know, uh, just really concentrating on form and all the, the things that you guys talk about and teach. And I'll tell you what, man, my shoulders feel good. Let oh. me tell you about why I like the Dorian technique so much. Um, there's a few different reasons, but one is... You know, let's get back to to chest training for a second. Now, he only did, I think, three exercises for chest, you know, one all-out set per exercise. So, like, for example, if I start with a flat bench, and I do plenty of warm-ups, you know, I'm always thinking about my shoulders and my shoulder health and all that. So, and I did this today. I went out to one all-out set uh, for, for eight reps, and it's just enough um, because my next could, exercise today could, was could you have could, up, up, up. could you have gotten a ninth? <laughs> I couldn't have because I was okay. Great, great. I was with okay. myself you gave, by myself. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You gave a hundred percent. You went to failure. Always, yeah. always. Beautiful. Okay. Now, what was next? So my next exercise was barbell incline. But the thing about doing oh, one all-out set is when you get to your second exercise, you still feel strong. You're warmed up at that point. You're not you're not worn out from five sets to, to failure on the bench. You come over and you and you know you usually go up a little bit of weight or at least a couple uh, another rep or two with the same weight as last week. And keep a log book. I always keep a log book. Keep track of that because it's too much to remember. So the second exercise feels great, man, because you're warm. You're warmed up. You're strong, and you feel stronger than than last week. And then for the last one, I did uh, a set of uh, machine flies. One all out set. Whoa, 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 back up. Yeah. So on the inclines, what percent of your flat bench are you handling in your incline? Uh, almost a hundred. Well, that's weird. Is your butt coming off the bench on an incline? Ah, no way, good, man. man. I'm keeping the scapula back on everything. I'm just, uh, I'm. It, what I've been doing, I know you guys teach the elbows in, and I did that for a long time. Now I'm kind of bringing the elbows out to hit that uh, pec isolation a little bit more. On what? On what? 
on both on on the don't flat. be fooled by that don't be fooled by that JP. don't be fooled by that oh, there we go you could put your arm like you know i did this when we were down with special forces because everybody did that wide wide grip oh, stuff yeah, yeah bring that put your hand on your pack and and do that close closer grip uh you know medium grip um you know, with your elbows in, man, I'm telling you, there's a lot of pec activation and your shoulders well, love you for it. I know, but obviously when you put your elbows in like that, you're you're going to fire the, the triceps more. And I'm trying to take the tricep out a little bit, but I'm being very careful. I'm not going to Well, then if you're going to do that, then do uh, pre-exhaust it and do, you know, a fly or something like that. If you're trying to do the bodybuilding stuff, then pre-exhaust it with a, a, a fly or a pec yeah, deck. I could go- do that too. I could yeah. I could vary it up and do different things like that, but uh, but but all in all, I mean, not only are you as strong on the second and, and third exercise. Nah, they're being so anecdotal. That's not really true with normal people. Go ahead. Mine's not even close. But Go ahead. but also it's, that's your experience. That's your experience. Well, I'm telling your you my experience. experience. I'm saying, but it's you shouldn't <laughs> generalize and say because it's not mine, and I'm sure it's not yours either, is it, Jim? Uh, you feel strong in the second exercise? Not me, baby. I'm like, done. Go ahead. No, I feel good on the second one because I'm all, especially because I'm fully Are warmed up. Good. Yeah, we got it. Go ahead. If you went incline first, would you be better at incline? Are you you're like maybe you have really strong uh, front delts? You know what? I I uh, I change it up. I do inclines first yeah. once, a, yeah, and I did that for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that because I've always lacked on the uh, upper pec development. So I used to always try to make that first. Mm-hmm. I liked your upper pec development. It was you pretty. Did? Yeah, so, I do. I thought it was oh. really outstanding. Well, he's been inclining. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, it works. All right. Uh, but the other, th- <laughs> the other thing for me is it. Uh, for me, my joints just feel better because you're not doing so much repetitive stuff you've cut the volume down you're just not hitting so many reps and do you sets do another body part do you do another body part i did and then i did uh triceps and i did uh i did three sets on that like push downs or something well let's see what today i did uh, i was going to do uh seated dumbbell extensions but i replaced uh-huh. that with with rope you know from, from yeah behind the, the head pushed yeah. out I worked the uh, inner tricep on that, and then I went back to a um, a close grip press, and I busted out a set of that. Uh. And then I did a set of uh, dips. So what do you think? 30 minutes? 35 minutes? Something like that? Yeah, you know, after I warmed up, because I take my time warming up. Oh, um, got it. Okay. It's a good mm-hmm. investment. So I know, but it's that still... was probably about 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, Marty's getting bored. What, what, what? Well, so that's why I like that. And I'll tell you what, there's never been a program that I've done where I got better results, strength and uh, and size-wise. Hit it. Yeah. Um, the, the only drawback I don't I have on that is because I don't have a, a training partner, so I can't get the, extra, the uh, forced reps. But what I will do on the last exercise, like today – uh, yeah. the main exercise incline press, what I did was strip it at the end. Yep, good. Yep, I'm just going to say So, that. which kind of simulates, you know, forced reps from a spotter. All right. There you go. Good so, stuff. So that works for me, but... Yeah, no, it's good. So where were we? We were just talking about what, what 
about the high intensity training. I thought we were doing minimalism. What? Yeah. Well, we we delved off into uh, or just maximalism. No, it's definitely yes. not maximalism. Here, how about some examples of, um, tr- you know, training minimalism? Well, I'll tell you this story. I, uh, <laughs> I was in, when I was in junior college, I only did one set, and it, it was perfect in during the season. So I remember it was like every Tuesday night. We would meet in my girlfriend's basement, me and Big Chris and Maddie, and we'd work up to, you know, I'd start off the season with something I knew I could do. First week, I'd go like 365 for eight, yeah. like 385 for eight next yep. week, and I'd go, you know, 405, and yep. and I did like 450 for eight yep. during the season, and so that's why, I mean, that, I and really- And we're the better for it. I really, I really like that kind of training for that. First of all, you're, it's, you're, you're, you know, you're, you just practiced, you know, you took like an hour or two hour rest and you're, but still, you know, the cumulative fatigue of staying in the gym while you're practicing two, three hours a day would really take its toll. But I swear we would squat, maybe do a bent over row and we're out of there, man. Yeah. And it was, and it would take us like 25 minutes. And you're the, and you're the, you're the better for it. And again, it is the irreducible core. It should and will be expanded depending upon where you are in your life situation. As we know, like working with our tier one boys is that when they're stateside, they're always pushed for time. Yeah. They never have time. So um, the ultra minimalism works perfect for someone time pressed. Um, We even did it in big time powerlifting. When I trained with Kenny Fantano and those boys up in uh, West Haven, they did all three lifts on Sunday because everybody worked hard construction kind of jobs during the week. Oh, yeah. So they rested up and ate up on Saturday, and then we knocked the shit out of it every Sunday morning. Right. And these are all national level, you know, 900 plus squatters, 600 benchers, you know, these were were top level guys. And again, once a week, but that's can be expanded. Uh, For example, when our guys are deployed, uh, they kind of got time in their hands a little bit. And it's like, hey, well, you know, what can we do when we've got a little more time to get into this thing? And that is so easily expanded. Jim is the master of this. Yeah, like different variations of different lifts and accessory yeah, yeah. work and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, tell them what you do with these guys when they, when they're, when you know, they're like, okay, we're going to stretch out a little bit here. Uh, yeah. So if they're going to do the on deployment, you mean? Yeah, they got time. Oh, yeah. So they they usually start off with the plyometric like a box jump or skips or hops or leaps of some sort. And then I'll so, put them. I mean, how, how long does that, I mean, it was like, you do it by time, like 15 minutes or by, or do they, Oh, they're training they session. It? No, I'm talking about the plyometric. So they log. Uh, it? Yeah, that doesn't take that. Yeah. It's like, you know, five, five, five to eight minutes, something like that. And then uh, are they, are they keeping, I mean, if they're, uh, depth jumping and they're jumping up into a box, are they keeping track of that? fact oh this is 30 inches oh this is 34 inches or it's just like a casual thing you know what everything changes on what they're jumping on it may be the back of a humvee it may right. be you know what i mean a table and i'm just using that to excite their nervous system like oh my god something's coming and you know yeah well i know i like it uh, yeah. uh, what, what so, are you doing like 10 10 reps i give them a total reps thing 
I always say like three sets of five. It's pretty minimal. And what they do is like they'll have like four guys and one does a jump and the other does a jump. and They just go around and round until they all get reps in. It it could be a standing broad jump at worst. I've been doing tons of those. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and you're keeping and if you're doing something like that, keep personal record. Oh, my best is whatever. Seven, two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and you're always striving to exceed that. And, you know, that even the most basic thing, a standing broad jump, a vertical leap with chalk in your hand. Right. Yep. Yep. We can test all that stuff and then try to beat it. Yeah. And then, then try to beat it. Try to beat it. Yeah. So then they'll do uh, um, usually an Olympic lift. They all want to do cleans. Yeah. All, and I got one uh, who does who snatches. Uh, how many? What are you what are you having them do? Well, they'll clean twice a week. One day is 70 to 80%, and the other day is 80 to 80 All right. So, let's, uh, so if a guy's got a, let's say, a 200-pound clean, 70% would be what? Like 150 he's dealing with? 140, yeah. You said 200 pounds? Yeah, if he's got a 200-pound clean. Yeah. Yeah, so it's decently light. So there, But, you know, it, it works up in – It doubles – yeah, I mean everything's really a single because they all, you know, single. I could just give them. I could I could say seventy five percent for twenty reps, and basically that's twenty sets of one. You know, they would do a couple reps and they take a little break. So you could say ten sets of two, but you know they're really doing singles and everything. Um, now, when you have them do like say the power clean, right? Yeah, that's the one. Um, so, are you having him do multiple sets of a top static weight? I change everything. On their other day, they'll work up to maybe a 90% single, and that's it, and, and start squatting. Okay. On the, on, the, on the lower day, yeah, it's probably going to be at least 10 reps. But it may be 10, 70. 10 70. reps, but it could be five twos. It, it's usually something like this, 70 for three, 75 for three, 80 for two, go back through that two or three times. And that's the light day. Maybe a little less sometimes, but I'm not going to do 90%. Okay, okay wait. Did you say, are you saying triples and doubles? Yeah, but yes. Okay, it's, triples and doubles. Really I'm just not, to be clear yes. in the nomenclature here. Just singles, but yeah. And uh, then uh, take them to a heavy single the next time. Right. You know, keep you it know. fresh. And then that leads into the dead, right? Compound, compound exercise. So um, now I've done it both ways where I've had that on an upper body day or a bench day. And I've done that, you know, on a squat day. Guys tell me their preference. You know, some guys really emphasize the clean. These guys, these couple that I'm training in this now, they just want to stay explosive. You know, they don't want, you know, it's not their main exercise, you know. Right. Um, well, every I think everybody should do them. No question. Or if you can't do that, you can do some type of explosive, you know, weighted box jump, vested box yeah, jump. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah, or yeah. standing broad jump. Yeah, any of that. I know you love this. I do. You know what's funny is we do two types of broad jumps. We do stick it where you gather yourself. Right. And it's 20 yards mm-hmm. of it. And then the next time we go, we do like you're on fire. As soon as you hit the ground, you got to go again. <laughs> now, I do that twice a week with all these baseball kids I'm training. They love yeah. it. And they've improved so much. Yes. But it coincides with their legs getting stronger in the weight room, too. Of you know? course, it all fits together. And now you're teaching them how to make that absolute strength and switch it into explosive strength, which is athletic applicability. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then they'll do a compound exercise. You know, that's when they'll they'll do their squats, and they everybody squats heavy once once a week, 
And then I like with those guys before they deadlift on that next time that they do a lower body to do just either uh, like a 70% three sets of five on the front squat or the back squat. Um, really warms them up for the deadlift. They're really concerned with the low back and all that stuff, which I understand. And then uh, um, then they go deadlift right after that or then they go bench or they go whatever compound exercise. And then they do assistance exercise in the rest periods, 30 seconds, and I want them to kill each other on their assistance. They take as long as they need to get their compound exercises in, but then they got four or five other, you know, I give them three variations of curls. They like a lot of variety, but it's only a couple sets. And I'll say 30 seconds, man. You know, you got 30 <laughs> seconds. You know, because the cardiovascular benefit's great, the bodybuilding benefit's great. And then, you know, they're really and, and they psychologically like it's perfect. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they like that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and there are, there are some guys who want to do sprints. I'll put those on. I'm I like to put sprints on the leg day if they do it right after. Um yeah. because then now we have all that time to recover. Because then if you sprint the next day, you pull your hamstring and you and you're just made inroads into your recovery. But uh um and now, uh, how many sprints and how far distance? Uh, it, the most is 40 yards. The most. I may, I may do five, five forties and five twenties. I may do six forties with a 30 second rest. I may do, yeah, they don't, they don't want a whole, whole bunch of volume in that. They just okay. want to stay fast, you know, stay fast. I'm chasing this mother down, stay <laughs> fast, you know, or getting out of here. Yeah. Or getting out of there. <laughs> All right, so we've established that minimalism is expandable, obviously. In May, may I say one, one quick thing? Yeah. So do you guys remember Jack Bauer from the TV show? No. Is that 24? Yeah, 24. Yeah. Say he's a secret agent. So the, the boys, we were sitting around having a few drinks one night down at, uh, <clears throat> what's the crab shack we like down there, Jim? Oh, my God, dude. I don't know. Uh you know what I'm talking about. Where anyway, yeah, so we're down there, and they say, all right, so here's the deal. You see Jack Bauer, he's got a pistol in his hand, and he's running like hell one direction. Do you run with him or the other way? <laughs> he's running towards you? Well, he's just running, baby. What do you do? Do you go with him or do you go the other way? Is he going toward the bomb or away from it? Oh, yeah. So, I'm sorry, JP. Continue. They'd all run towards. All right. So, like I was saying, this is all expandable. Obviously, um, give us an example of the other end of the spectrum. Talk about who was the king of minimalism. You often talk about Mark Chalet and say that if he did any less, he wouldn't be training at all. So, talk I about know. what he did. Well, I mean, he basically worked up to a single rep in the squat, the bench, and the deadlift one one time a week. <clears throat> and he would do a, a squat and bench on Monday and deadlift on Thursday. And he was a world champion, and he set world records. Did he do anything else during the week? No. He why, would he do, why, why would he do that, Jack? He was so thick, too, man. He did that. Oh, he, and he was built. Oh, he was wow! What a what a physique! He looked like a silverback gorilla. Yeah, he was huge. Um, I'm always was, amazed and lean, that, and lean. Yeah, I'm always amazed at guys like that that do so little, but they're so incredibly strong. World record holders, so incredibly muscular, and it's like it's a great example of yeah, you know, maybe I am doing too much. Cut it back. I mean, you know, you he had a brother Ray, and and you know. 
Ray, I love you, but he Ray didn't look like shit, and Ray could deadlift seven hundred. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ray was like six foot three and two thirty, and I mean he didn't look like he could roll seven hundred around on the ground. It's <laughs> able to deadlift it, you know. Like, <laughs> so maybe yeah. it sounds Genetic. like they had a lot of natural strength as it was. Well, they were just genetically uh, yeah. predisposed to pick up heavy stuff. Structural. Yeah. It was always cool. interesting, and Jim will remember this too. Remember, we had to do the presidential physical fitness thing in school. Yeah, Mr. McClung's clothes. Remember that? It was, it was once a year, and one of yeah. the things I always sucked at was the pull-ups. And every year, without fail, there was always, maybe not a handful, but maybe you know three or four guys that would get on that damn bar and just bust out like 20, like nothing. Yeah, but they all weighed 135 yeah, pounds. Well, they, no, they were about the same size as I was. Uh, oh, wow. You were really uh, weak, man. <laughs> I, I, that's one thing I sucked at was, uh, was pull-ups. Oh, no, screw yeah, pull-ups. Right. Don't worry about it, man. Speaking of minimalism. All right. So where are we at? Dude, and also kids that could climb those ropes. I was like, I couldn't get up like three feet, but I could beat the crap out of them. That's all that matters. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, when it boils down, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. One more question I wanted to ask about this is: is is the minimalistic a- approach good for everybody? You know, a beginner might be thinking, "Well, Jesus, I got to do more than that. I got to catch up." And maybe that's something I do after a year or two after I got some time under my belt. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a question of catching up. I think it's a question of this learning the skill. So maybe a beginner needs to do some more medium weight sets to learn the skill of the squat because it's a skill just like everything else. Yeah. Um, can still do an all out set of eight, obviously not pass failure or something, but um, they need to get under the bar just a little more to get the skill down. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Because there's a lot of technique to every one of these lifts. They look simple, but there's a lot of technique involved and you got to make sure that you're dialed in on that first and foremost. Yeah. Well, where are you going to get the technique from? All the techniques you see everywhere are wrong. Well, from Marty Darts. Gallagher. Well, I'm just saying, but if that, that's something. critical. If you have the wrong archetype, if you have the wrong benchmark, and uh, you start lifting heavy weights, you're going to mess yourself up. Particularly well, your yeah, I'm, we know. I'm telling you, Marty, if I would have met you – you know, 20, 30 years ago, and I would have, you would have dialed me in on my squad. Uh, your, life, your life would have been different. Would have been different. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't he'd have the, the herniated he'd be, disc. He'd be a world champion, but he'd be broke as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have, definitely have a different haircut. And maybe some piercings. And let's see, a, a Jimi Hendrix tattoo. What else? So you'd be 400 pounds with a 30-inch waist and no, but seven, you know what? Seven times world champion, retired. No, but living, we always talk about. I mean, supermodel. You know, you're you're around seventy, and uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You were an eight hundred plus squatter, and so one time, and you've got no back issues, no shoulder issues. Nope. I don't even think you're on any medications or anything. But man, you had it nope. dialed in from a Not very legal early ones. age. Well, strength overcomes a, a host of bad habits. 
Yeah. <laughs> but the but the key is getting all this you know, there's technique in everything you do, whether you're you play golf, baseball, you bowl, whatever, tennis. Um, but this lifting heavy weights is something you definitely want to dial in from the start. Otherwise, you're just going to, you know, one thing that probably none of us thought about when we were starting out and young and just wanted to just blast the heaviest weights out that we could every time. We never thought about getting older and and longevity and all that. And it would do all the younger lifters a lot of good to really we know that that seems so far away, but it's really not, but really dial your technique in because it makes so much difference. Your longevity, you can keep doing this for so much longer than you would otherwise without uh, using proper form. Yeah. It's funny because I used to take a phys ed class in junior college and the professor of course was anti-lifting and uh, well, not of course, but he was, and he was always like, you need to do lifetime skills still. And I'm still lifting. <laughs> And I was, and then he was just like, you know, tennis and walking. I'm like, dude, come on, man. I mean, you know, I'm going to lift weights for as long as I can. And I'm still doing it. You know what I'm saying? So when I, and I explain that to people, I train, it's a lifetime thing. Let's get it right the first time. Right. It's a lifetime thing. You just alter it as you go through life. Yeah. But I mean, there's guys still fifties and sixties, still squatting heavy and, um, but you know, their form is impeccable, you know? That's right, and that's what it yeah. takes to get that far down the road and still be doing that kind of poundage. Yeah. No, well, forget, forget the poundage, it's about the function. Yeah. You want to retain function. If you have function, then, you know, uh, I certainly have the strength and function of, you know, a, a much younger person. Uh, well, you know, my I would say my strength level is approximate to, I don't know, what I was when I was 17, maybe. You know you know what I mean? It's yeah, so, I've heard you say that. And it's just, uh, but you got to work at it. And... Got to go to the gym, man. But if you have, if you have um, strength through full range of motion, then you don't lose function. Right. right. Uh, it's, it's only weakness and you're kind of that... Uh, Use it or lose it mentality. Yeah. And, you don't float over the surface of the earth, you know, dig in. This being the digital age, you know, everybody's on Instagram and YouTube and all that. And there's seriously an epidemic out there of, you know, performing um, exercises wrong. A lot of quarter reps, half reps and all that and uh, just crappy form. You ever, be, yeah. Be careful yeah. on who you really follow and look up to and start to imitate as far as form on different exercises. You know, get it from somebody wow. like how, Marty or Jim. Or how, somebody. Could, how, how could handling super heavy weight wrong be bad for you? That's a hard to grasp. Well, yeah, there's just look at Instagram. It's, uh, it's like the plague. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, so anyway, all right. Was that enough on? Uh, I think so. Minimalism man. turned it in and out. I mean, yeah, I think it's good. It went over an hour. We should, this should have been like twenty minutes. Yeah, oh, this is, my one. this is my favorite broadcast yet. I love this one. <laughs> Your story, JP, that stretched it. All right, listen. So you guys have a purposeful primitive squat and deadlift seminar. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. So yeah. it's Marty Gallagher, Jim Steele, Kurt Kowalski. Cool. 
And that's coming up on Saturday, October 26th, 2019 at CrossFit Concepts in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Right off Um, the road. And for more information, go to Facebook and either go to our Facebook page, Iron Company, or go to Functional Strength. Go to their Facebook page and uh, you can sign up directly through there. Book a spot. Uh, I know they're filling up quick, so get over there and do that. Um, and also check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Also pick up Marty's books, Purposeful Primitive and Strong Medicine at Iron Company. And in case you need any gym equipment, gym flooring, turf, cardio, anything you need, uh, go to ironcompany.com. We'll help JP, you JP, what was that? Uh, what was the bike that we... That was so. You just did an article on the fan bike, and the one I use is the AB nine hundred by Spirit Fitness. I love that thing. Okay, yeah. So I mean, you're a big guy, and you're you're wearing it out, and it's holding up to you. I give it hell, man. Two eighty five is blasting that thing. You know, four limb cardio on that thing, and it's like a tank. And uh, forwards and backwards, it does it all. Does it all? Does it all? Okay. Love it. And finally, uh, check out Jim Steele's articles at Iron Company. Just go to the articles tab at the top of our website. And uh, you can also check out his site at bassbarbell.com for training, motivation, programs. Jim, anything new going on there? Just new articles and things? I uh, just I put up an article how much I hate the city lately. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So check that out, and uh, other than that, that's it, man. Jimmy, house across the streets for sale. (laughs) Ancient, ancient, beautiful, 3,000 square feet, uh, 186,000. I'm ready. Hey, you know what I referenced in that article, Marty? I saw a play when I was a kid at the only theater. Yes, the only theater. Yep, and I referenced Joseph and Amazing Technicolor Raincoat. That's I've right. seen Listen, that. Have I've to, seen this is going that. too far. I'm going to have to shut yeah. this off. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Have a good